0: joining me right now is newly signed bellator welterweight contender automatic contender john fitch how are you doing today welcome to kumite radio awesome man i'm doing great you recently you just turned 40 years old you know a lot of people say 40 is the new 30 30 is the new 20 do you feel this way i still feel
1: 20 man i still still feel and think i forget how old i am sometimes um i was at i was working at a strip club uh over a New Year's and some girl was like oh I used to watch you when I was uh when I was a kid (laughs) I was like oh man that's that's crazy
0: that's a dig that's a deep dig
1: yeah I was like man she's trying to be nice but I was like oh man kind of weird
0: before we get into you know the fight talk I wanted to get into some uh current events you know that's happening in the world of MMA the first one is UFC 223 you know your teammate Khabib, he won the title, but surrounding that, surrounding that, right before the mm-hmm. you know the title fight actually happened, Conor McGregor comes in, throws the dolly at the bus. What what are your thoughts on this whole incident? What are, what are your thoughts of how this affects the the current atmosphere or the the image of MMA? Um, I mean. Yeah, you, you, when, when, when the show's run like a circus and it's run like
1: pro wrestling, you can't get mad when, you know, the athletes start acting like animals and uh, they start acting like the pro wrestlers. Um, I think there's two, two sides to this, maybe. Uh, one is that, you know, Conor is way out of line and he's just crazy and uh, he's coked up or something and, and he went nuts. Or the other one is he, uh, he was pulling the all-time uh, sell you know, and trying to get over on everybody. And uh, he threw the dolly not intending. He probably had no idea that window was going to break. <laughs> and he threw the broke. He's probably like, oh, shit. I did not mean for that to happen. So, um, you know, we, we may never know the, the real story of why or what was going on. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I've been saying this for a long time. You don't you don't run it like a true sport. People aren't going to act like it. it's a true sport. There's no there's no meritocracy. Everybody thinks the only way to get ahead may make money is to act like a clown so you're just gonna see it keep escalating
0: special treatment is a big issue right now because connor has not been reprimanded for his actions and if it was another fighter they would have probably gotten immediately cut from the ufc um you know your future opponent paul daly he Mm -hmm. punched or he swung at your teammate after their fight he was cut so you know, what does that say about the UFC right now?
1: Yeah, there's definitely favoritism. But what, what uh, you also have to realize is that the commission has a place to step yeah. in, too. Something about it. And the fact that the commission is completely silent on this lets you know that the UFC has all the power in the industry. The commission can't even step up and do their job. Uh, they they could easily revoke his license and prevent him from fighting again. But they haven't said anything.
0: Yeah, that's definitely true. Um Also, another issue that came up is recently at UFC uh, Atlantic City, uh, Leslie Smith, she's part of Project Spearhead. She uh, was going to face her opponent, her opponent, Miss Waite. She denied the fight, and then the UFC bought out her contract. What are your thoughts on this situation?
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, this is what we're talking about. This is why um, a a UFC-only union uh, is not the right fit. Um, Nothing changes in the sport without a structural change. The only way to develop and create a structural change is either the Muhammad Ali Expansion Act and the class action lawsuit. If you don't have any uh, legal backstop to push the UFC up against, nothing will change. Mm-hmm. Because what they did with Leslie, they can do with anybody. When you control the rank and the title, you own everything. Um, if, it was, if it was one of their top stars, if it was uh, one of their champions, they could do the same thing. They could take anybody's rank away. They can take anybody's title away. They're the ones that control it. Um, until you have independent titles and independent ranking systems, um, they're going to they're gonna have all the power. And, and you're not going to be able to get a, a collective bargaining agreement. You'll never come to the table and you'll never get them to come to the table because there's no reason for them to. Every time you push them back, they're just going to redraw the lines and, and you're going to have to start all over again.
0: You work closely with the uh, MMAFA and uh, how is that going? How is, ha- how is that progressing?
1: Progressing well. Um, we have, you know, the bill on the House floor, and uh, we're hoping to get to the Senate floor this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's the best and fastest option to create change in the sport. The uh, class action lawsuit is about halfway done, with three and a half years in. we have probably about another three and a half years to go. Uh, this, uh, this year, close to fall, I think, will be uh, the judge will decide whether or not we have a class. And uh, after that, you know, I think, I think, um, it's a really strong uh, position for us to have once, once we get certified as a class.
0: Moving on to some more positive aspects. Recently you had a trip uh, to Guam and to mm-hmm. Thailand and, you know, and how was that experience?
1: Man, I, lo- I love, traveling. Uh, when I, when I wrestled at, at Purdue university, um, we got to travel around the uh, United States to wrestle different teams. A lot of the Midwest, I got to come to California a couple times but I was just hooked with traveling and seeing new places and seeing, seeing different things. You know, I grew up where everything was flat and uh, you didn't get to see a lot of stuff. Everything was like the same all the time, like Groundhog's Day every day. So <clears throat> getting to travel, I got the travel bug. And then getting to get out there and, and travel across the world and, and see different places and train and work out and meet new people. Like, it's something I really love doing. And, you know, I love teaching. I've always kind of been a teacher at heart. So if I can get out to another country and somewhere else and teach people some of the knowledge that I've, I've gained and gathered over the years, it's, it's a pretty awesome experience.
0: Going to these other countries and people recognizing you, how does that feel for you that you've reached this broad audience?
1: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty awesome to know that um, you have people respect uh, your accomplishments and the things you put your, yourself into. I mean, I'm... I'm uh, I consider myself kind of an artist. You know, my, my medium is, is, you know, fled, flesh and blood in the cage. But um, I still have a lot of expression um, out in the fight. You know, I'm expressing my, my uh, showing my heart to the world when I'm out there fighting. So to have people recognize it and appreciate what you do is pretty awesome.
0: Another teammate of yours, Daniel Cormier, Tough 27 is happening right now in the recent episode. He pulled out his, you know and waved it around to the other coach. Did you see this? I did not see this. Oh, <laughs> okay. But then most likely you will see it uh, soon because it's all over the internet. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna ask you about what you thought about DC. Is DC, does he play around like that a lot in the training yeah, room? Uh, he's, yeah, he's, he's,
1: he's the joker. He is the uh, class clown for sure. Um, when it's time to get to work, he gets to work, but he's, he's always got a joke. He's always got funny to say, something funny to say. Um, yeah, he, he keeps it lighthearted in the, in the training room, keeps you from getting too serious. It's, it's, uh, it's good to have him around. But you can, you can tell when he's not in the gym too because it's a lot quieter.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on to your debut in Bellator 199. You are the co-main event versus Paul Daly. You are going to fight in San Jose, which is basically your hometown. You know, this is where you have your training camp. How does it feel to be able to, uh, debut in your hometown?
1: Um, I think it's pretty awesome. I got to fight in, um, Oakland once, uh, when I, I, uh, I fought for the OC. I fought Seattle Alves the second time, and, um, that was a great experience, but, you know, being in San Jose is a lot closer. It's in my backyard. Uh, San Jose is kind of my adopted hometown now. I've been out here, um, man, 15 years, and, uh, you know, I just love it out here and people have always been really great for me, great to me and take care of me ever since I've been out here. So I've had a lot of help through my career from everybody around and it's going to be great to, to kind of uh, give back to uh, everybody at Fight here in my hometown. It's going to be awesome.
0: Even though you've been out of action for about 11 months, you still carry in, you know, the title that you had from the previous promotion and a winning streak. Do you feel that you have a lot of momentum going in?
1: I think so. I'm in a good place, uh, good place physically, good place mentally. Um, I really like uh, what I'm doing, where I'm at. So I, I think I have a lot of a lot, a lot of good momentum. I have a good matchup against a good-named opponent. Um, you know, I think I'm in a great position to uh, push through this, have a great performance, and carry that over into even bigger fights.
0: Your opponent, Paul Daly, everybody knows him. You know, everybody knows that he's a striker. You're a grappler, but is it a real striker versus grappler matchup? Where do you think that the keys lie in your victory?
1: Um, You know, I mean, it's always about uh, imposing my will on the other guy and not so much about worrying about what he's going to do. He's got big power and uh, he's explosive. So, you know, I've got to watch out for that. I don't want to put myself in a bad situation early, Uh, make sure I get him tired, wear him out, get in close and uh, keep him from using that power and explosiveness. So, you know, I think I'm in a good position
0: uh, to to have a really great fight. Leading up to this fight, Paul Daly hasn't really spoke negatively towards you as much as his other opponents. Are you surprised by this? I'm not because I have a, a,
1: you know, a track record of not responding really to that stuff. So he knows uh, I'm respectful and I don't really care. He can talk if he wants to, but the end of the day, I'm going to fight as hard as I'm going to fight regardless. And he probably realizes that, you know, he can't bait me into um, upsetting me. So it would be a waste of effort. So he's just getting prepared to have a good fight, I think.
0: Your calm demeanor, you know, like you said, you don't talk trash. You just say it how it is. Where does that come from? Have you always been like this from a young age? Um, I
1: don't know. I mean, uh, uh Sometimes I get fired up, don't get me wrong, but I think I've learned to carry myself well in public. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think my father is very stoic and, mm-hmm. and he's rubbed off on me a lot, just being able to observe him and watch him and how he handles things. It, it, I might be a little bit different with, with private groups, a little bit more loud, but, um, you know, I think I think it's important to represent yourself well, especially in this sport, I think. You know, it's a great sport. It should be a dignified sport. It shouldn't be trashy or, or something that people are ashamed of. You know, I, I've always wanted to be a professional athlete. I've always wanted to be looked at like anybody in the NBA or the NFL has been looked at. And I think uh, you need to carry yourself at a certain level so that people can see you at that level.
0: With a lot of the work that you're doing outside of the cage, do you think that being a role model is more important now than, than earlier in your, in your career?
1: Um i mean i mean i I've always thought it was important to carry yourself um you know in a dignified manner you know I don't think you should be uh acting too much a fool. It's okay to be yourself and and not uh not be afraid uh, of being judged by the people because people aren't judging anyways but you know there there's a limit where uh you know people are watching kids are watching, and uh every every little choice you make does does ripple out into the universe and has an effect on people so you know, you got to make good choices and uh, keep your head up.
0: Paul Daly said that uh, he's going to take this fight against you and he's very confident that he will beat you. And then he's talking about he wants to fight Michael Venn and Page. Do you think that he's looking past you by saying these things? Um, I mean, hopefully
1: he is. That way he doesn't take the fight as seriously, so, you know, make it easier for me. He's <laughs> thinking already about the next fight. Um, let him keep thinking about it.
0: How do you see this fight playing out, though, like, realistically?
1: Uh, you know, I want to I get in close, drag him out to deep water, and, and uh, see if he knows how to swim, basically. Uh, put the pressure on him. Um, I, I can fight anywhere, so I don't necessarily have to force a takedown. But, you know, I'm not going to give him space. I'm going to in a space all the whole time.
0: You are one of the best welterweights in the world, right? A win over Paul Daly is huge, especially in this stacked division. Do you think that this win will, you know, pr- uh, propel you into a title shot automatically? Do you see that? Um, it would be nice.
1: Uh, I have no idea what Bellator is thinking. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm taking things one fight at a time. Uh, mm. And um, I'm hoping that I have a good enough r- performance that, you know, the crowd demands that I, I fight for a title ASAP so that, uh, you know, Bellator listens, Skycobar listens, and I get in there and get to mix it up with uh, Rory or whoever was to
0: yeah, I think that uh, a matchup between you and Rory is something that people would be very interested in to see, like, how that plays out, because it is uh, 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 styles that, are, that would clash very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it would be a great fight.
0: Yeah. Um, John, thank you for your time, and uh, everybody's going to be watching because it is your debut for Bellator. You are a, a, a gritty veteran, and uh, I'm excited for this fight.
1: Yeah, man, thanks for having me. It's good talking to you. And uh, people can check me out more on uh, johnfitch.net.
0: Thank you.